Okay, so we're recording on the audio, and then now I'm going to record on the... Record on this computer, please. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. Welcome to Black Girl from Eugene. I am Aisha Elliott. I am live. Actually, this is not live. It's pre-recorded um, on June 18th for Sunday, Father's Day, uh, June 20th here in the United States. So I've decided to pre-record with my very distinguished guests. And I am also simulcasting on 97.3 local radio station. So thank you so much. If you are watching the video, you can also find the audio on all podcast platforms. So check me out there. And hopefully I saw you yesterday at the Juneteenth celebration and watch for my show coming up to explain or talk about how the Juneteenth celebration went down. Um, and my reaction to all of that. So we're going to get started and we're going to try to keep this conversation to like 45 minutes to an hour. Let's see if we can do it. I don't know because we have such good stuff to talk about. As promised, um, I have two wonderful people coming from the Hawaii Islands to talk about colonization with me. Um, if y'all have been following my, my podcast, you know I was just in Hawaii for about a month and um, I Every time I go back, I'm always looking at how the island has changed and how people have come through and the spirit of the island is changing and just the feeling of the water is changing. And so the, the more that I, I feel it and the more that I talk about it uh, to myself and my sister and my family, I'm just super blessed and super happy to find two folks who are willing to come on my show. And uh, now you guys are my friends. You have no idea. We're like, we're besties. So... <laughs> So y'all have uh, to come on my show and talk to me about this because you don't just bump into people who want to be like, oh yeah, and colonization. So I am uh, super happy and super blessed to have y'all both on the show. So I have Sharnay and I have Kanani who are both on Oahu right now. And um, we are going to get right into it and we're going to be talking about colonization. But first, before we get started, um, hey y'all, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, doing good. Thanks for having us. I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm so happy you were here. So um, y'all have, let me tell you first, I met Charnay when I went to go get electrolysis. I'm telling my secrets. I went to go get electrolysis <laughs> done and we just started talking about spirituality and you know how chemistry just works and you're like, oh wait, hold on. You need to come on my podcast. I need to know you, like exchange phone numbers. So um, within that hour session, which was Fantastic, by the way. Um, we, you need to plug your place when we get off here so people know where to come see you. Um, it was, it, we just, I was like, you know what? We need to have you on. And then Charnay was like, I have somebody else who can join our conversation who will be fire for the conversation. And this is how we meet Kanani. And um, now, as I understand it, you actually speak Hawaiian, fluently Hawaiian, and you are indigenous to Hawaii. Is that right? Yes. So um, I went to Hawaiian Immersion uh -huh. and I continued my education. So Hawaiian Immersion is um, when you actually learn how to read and write in Hawaiian first and then English. That's awesome. So I went to school for it for about 11 years. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And Sharnay, did you, I mean, are you, what, what is your background? Well, I was born and raised in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So I know Kanani from my hometown, Kaneohe, mm -hmm. and we met in high school from one of my childhood friends, and um, and that's basically how Kanani and I connected, yeah. and then we had the passion of, we. she still has a great passion, this is her life um, path, but like, to grow food for the community. Oh, so, yes. so like, her and I started <laughs> Dancing together, <laughs> like, and then, um, and then I decided to kind of take a different path and um, go to school for acupuncture and mm -hmm. traditional Chinese medicine. So for herbs, so acupuncture and herbs. So I feel that her passion is in feeding the community. My passion is in healing the community. So that is kind of what paths we're kind of on right now. But we still have. Are you know we still have things that we do in the community together as well. So. That's amazing. I'm thinking like you're feeding the community, you're healing the community. I'm education. I'm educating the community. Like this is how the heart works. <laughs> this is how the heart work works, right? This is how mind and heart work. Mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, so our conversation was about colonization. And now, before I push record, because I was late, Charnay was like breaking it down. But then she was like, hold on, we gotta let Kanani get in on it. So tell me your history. Like, tell me what's going, like, just so we can just jump right into it. Like I was saying at the beginning, when I come to Hawaii now, I mean, I, I don't pretend to, I'm, I'm not obviously indigenous to Hawaii at all, but the way that my family has always moved around the world is that we're very conscious of, um, of our space, right? And we're very conscious of how we take up space and the energy that we spend. And we're always looking for the natural indigenous way that people do the things they do wherever we are. And because we're of, I, I, because I'm black, I literally, I know how anti-blackness is all around the world, right? But my viewpoint is very, my perspective is very multicultural. So wherever I'm at, I'm always looking for other brown people. I don't, I don't even care what the ethnic group is. It's other brown people. I'm always like, let's connect, let's connect, let's connect. How do we work together? And so for me, it's about energy. And when I went to Hawaii, like the more and more as I've gone in the years I've painted, it's changing. Like the energy there is changing, right? And I'm just noticing, I see a lot less indigenous Hawaiian folks. I see a lot less um, people who, and we live on the West side. We live, we live in Makaha. I, I even, I see more people who are changing the way the island feels than, than actually gaining and bringing to it. So I, I, I want y'all to speak on it. I want you to see what, what is your impression? What's happening? Like, what do you, what do you see and do and feel and all of that good stuff? Can I um, get away? Uh, so the, the foundation of it is being priced out of our home. Um, the highest population of homelessness um, is Native Hawaiians. Um, when you look at statistics, uh, like who's in jails, um, even schooling and education, we're at the bottom of the podium toll. So it's not a surprise. And I think that goes across the board um, in every Indigenous place, because I I went to school in New Zealand and I studied there and it's the same exact story that happened there. Um, I think the fascinating thing about Hawaii is that um, white people, especially don't um everywhere in the world, they kind of dominate, but not here in Hawaii. Like mm. they're treated as second class. Mm -hmm. Do I believe it's Pono or right? No, not necessarily, but, um, they're moving here in drones. And so that's what's changing the dynamics. Cause I don't, I had this conversation with like um, the word aloha, right? Mm -hmm. Love, care, um, all of us and how it's slowly dying. That's mm -hmm. what my friend had argued. And I told him that um, if we live in that mindset of scarcity, then we're never gonna be able to back what we have but if we have the opportunity to teach aloha then we'll be in abundance so mm -hmm. no you're definitely right there is um there's a huge shift in what's happening here and it's because there aren't natives i mean you know they're they're not here to teach a lot of them move to the ninth island which is vegas mm -hmm. because it's cheaper right um, yeah he said the ninth island is Vegas. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But, so like, so when you're saying, you know, like, okay, so for me, when I'm hearing you talk like aloha and you have to teach in the abundance, I agree. And then I feel, I feel like, was it, Shanae, did we talk about like Howley and you were talking about the, de the differences of, of what it, like it means to come to the island and like yeah, be yeah, of aloha, yeah, yeah. right? So, so like you can be of any type of background of ethnicity and color, right? When you start to not accept our values of the way that we live and live that way, that is considered holy, mm -hmm. you know? But when you accept and embrace our culture and the way that we live and practice it every day, you are as Hawaiian, local mm -hmm. well not not necessarily local but Hawaiian because right. you're practicing the values of what our foundation is 
you know? And so that is something that is very um, interesting because I think that a lot of Native cultures can agree on this in, in which we all have a foundation of our beliefs and they were westernized. And in that, it shifted the way that people lived in kind of harmony. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need beliefs to be a better culture. That wasn't, that's not a goal of ours. Our goal is for all of our people to thrive and flourish in what they, you know, now and souls are meant to do on this earth realm, Mm -hmm. you know, here. Mm -hmm. And nurturing that in the culture is something that was very important to all of us before we were westernized, before we were on, you know, a, um, uh, you know, standardized curve of Mm -hmm. education. Like, what the hell is that? You know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so so, uh, I, for, so Hales are considered people that don't accept the values or practice the foundation and roots of what our original culture was built on. Mm-hmm. So you can correct me if I'm wrong or you have any input as well. Can no, I, no, I think you said it fabulously. I, <laughs> I, I know you mentioned, uh, you said Na'al. Is that what you mentioned? Na'al, yeah, yes. is your gut, is your intuition, mm-hmm. is what you're led to. Right. And so, now being like, this is the part that I, this is the part that comes from my oppressed background, right? Like the oppression of, of black and brown people. And I, and I literally just generalize black and brown people, just everybody who's having this marginalized experience with the diaspora of colonization. Right. So like you said, everywhere we go, it, the experience is different, but mm-hmm. the experience in, is different, but the oppression the oppression is the same, right? It's this westernized colonization, this white just Eurocentric point of view. So when people are coming to the island, and like what you mentioned, Kanani, it's like they're buying they're buying the island from underneath you, right? Mm-hmm. So how with that mindset, j- just in itself of like I'm gonna come to Hawaii, and I'm gonna make my I'm gonna buy land, and I, I'm gonna put my roots here. Just in that, just in that gesture, where is the na'al? Like, where is the, the the soul connection? Where is the breath that that is in aloha? How how would you like as folks who live there, like, be able to? I mean, how can you discern? You know what I mean? Like, is it just people who, like you said, they come in droves? And whenever I see white folks in droves, I'm like, oh crap, pack your shit up. Like we got to get out. You're like, I mean, you know, we're like, we're like, oh, they're coming. You know what I mean? And so like, how, how do you discern? You know, I think along with, um, I think intention is something that lacks practice a lot of the time. So my intention of, you know, my life is to help others heal. And with that, you attract two different types of people. One that want to do the work and Mm. one that wants you to do the work for them. Okay. Oh my God. Say it again. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, So for me personally, I always naturally know I don't need to discern anything because intention to help heal themselves Mm -hmm. so naturally the cycle of life weeds weeds out not your people you know what I mean so if you if they want you to heal them and they don't want to heal themselves for me I know that they won't come back to see me more than a few times Mm -hmm. Mm because that it's just the the way that I intend to practice my medicine, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and so that is something that I don't necessarily need to discern or distinguish right away because I feel it naturally that will attract people. Of course, you're going to come into contact with, you know, different intentions, but whether or not it sticks with you and your tribe, that's a different story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that having this type of dialogue 
with you, Kanani, along with many other people that you get to talk to Mm -hmm. is something you intend to do to educate, right? So you're attracting a tribe, a, a tribe in which wants to be educated, flourish, and evolve into something more than just what we know the West way of colonized way of living, which is for power, right. you know, and individualize individualism. And that's just not how the world should go around. Like, like <laughs> the world didn't go around like that until this. Mm-hmm. And then with this is, is creating such a, a, a vacuum of, of disproportionate, um, uh, power and value that it just it's completely unbalanced i mean look at the earth look at the oceans look at how it's not balanced and um in the when i look at when i'm listening to everything that you're saying and i'm just thinking about like when white folks don't think i i mean the when you said there are two people i was like speak on it because the truth of it is is that there is a spiritual connection to people and the land right and when it becomes about power and it comes about money immediately. Those two things, neither one of those things have anything to do with spirituality. That that will take you far in the other direction, right? You'll be like about face. Like your your back will be to spiritual growth. Your back will be to human connection. If that is where, you know, if that's what you're doing, if that's where you're, how you come about. So I guess when I come in and people say, Oh, the way of life in Hawaii, this is like, Oh, the way of life. What, what is it? I mean, what would you expect and as what would you consider respectful uh, when someone comes to the island and wants to be a part of Hawaii in a way that is respectful of how the land grows and how the indigenous people can thrive there? Can okay, I? I kind of have like a long tangent. Okay, so bear with yeah, me. Yeah, um, do it, do it, so do it. Children, <laughs> um, we had this conversation about, um, I think, where, where are you at? Um, you're at some kind of hotel and you're educating um, these group of transplants, we'll just call them that, about, they're asking about wealth. The foundation of the Hawaiian community isn't based on how much personal wealth that you can gain. It's based upon what it is that you contribute back to the community as a whole. That is how we judge you as a person and your character. And so to give you a little bit more context, so the Hawaiian kingdom was established and every single aspect of their kingdom, people were cared for. So we have a bunch of trust, right? So then we have Bishop Estates, which is Kamehameha Schools. She's the largest landowner. That's to educate children. Then with Queen, that was for, um, that was during the time Chacha had mentioned it um, when they brought leprosy and illnesses. Um, Our people were dying at a rapid rate. So the Ali'is created a hospital. In addition to that, they have um, Hawaiian homes, which was made by Prince Kuhio. So his lands were entrusted to house um, clients. In addition to that, we have the Queen Liliuokalani Children's Trust Fund, Mm -hmm. which um, those funds goes towards children. And they have so many other trusts. So what I'm getting to is that although our Ali'i had so much wealth, they knew that they were nothing without their people. Mm-hmm. And the fascinating thing about them is that when you read the wills that they had left behind, they were never exclusive. So preference was given to Native Hawaiians, but they let everyone else in on the wealth. Mm. And there's a huge um, discrepancy in the way that they ran a kingdom. And when you're looking at what's happening to not just Native Hawaiians, but the community, what's going on, and it's, it's very disturbing when you take a look at um, the changes and how I'm going to call it out. The American government fucking come at me. Like <laughs> they don't get, you know, they don't, they don't oh. care. Their, their nation was built on the backs of slaves. And mm-hmm. it's like, um, right. who are you? Right. Who are you? Yeah. So that was my little tangent. Oh, girl, you did good. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. No, 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 no. <laughs> So, um, by the way, I'm Chacha. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all my friends call me that. You are more than welcome to call me that. But 
Kanani, one of Kanani's goals is to start to put a system in place for tourists to come because Hawaii thrives on tourism, one of the makers of our economy, right? And with that, we have to bridge the gap between the extremes of no, we don't want these people here to, but we have to because we're, you know, at we're on our knees for our economy to be sustained, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Kanans, can I share this? Yes, please. Okay, please share it with right. the world. Yeah. So one of the things Kanani is wanting to do is um, have programs for tourists to participate come in the Hawaiian culture and also do really awesome activities that can be offered as well. Mm-hmm. So you volunteer your time to get types of like different um, activities. Am I explaining this right, Kanani? Can yeah. Can you elaborate for me? So um, the effort is to make just an app um, where tourists can, right? Because tourists, like Tacho was saying, um, a lot of locals get upset. So if I'm not mistaken, in 2018, you can Three one local, there were ten tourists. So we're outnumbered in our own homeland. You said for how Granted, many for how many locals there were how many tourists? So for every one local, there's ten tourists. Exactly. So yeah. we're outnumbered in our own homeland. And what people don't understand is um you can give me billions of dollars, but you can never replace my fresh water. Mm-hmm. That's that's life. And people don't understand that concept. So how do you make them understand that and I think it's all about marketing like we can't market it as who the hell wants to like go on vacation and volunteer so like so for instance um one of the hot topics in the Hawaiian community is Manawili Falls Mm -hmm. so Manawili Falls is overrun by like hundreds perhaps even thousands of tourists who go there Mm -hmm. my thing is having a nonprofit, not necessarily there, but having an app that you can divert tourists to that allows you connections with all of these um, nonprofits that have a greater goal of malama'aina or caring for the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and tourists are not bad people. They really aren't. They're just not given the opportunity to do good because well, right, history is written by its victors. That's bottom line. Bottom line. And right now, the victors are these Fortune 500 companies. They're writing our history. So I think it's like my kuleana or my responsibility to create these opportunities, right? So we're going to market it like, hey, you see this beautiful pond? You can swim in it if you volunteer like five hours. And mm. it's, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's just diverting people towards what's good. And like Chacha taught me, always leading with the heart with love. Yeah. You know, okay, look, I'm listening to you guys and I'm like, y'all are so sweet. And and I'm thinking to myself, like, I know. Okay. Now I, okay. Let me put it this way. I don't know as many tourists that come through the Hawaii islands, Oahu particularly, who are looking to give back. You know, like I'm going to say half of one of those, those 10 people are, are there to, to give back. Right. In my mm-hmm. experience of white folks and the Howley experience, the idea and how I understood, you know, how I understand it is that they're not there for you. They're not there to connect, right? They're right. there to utilize what they believe because they've spent their money, they have a right to, right? So being that people are under the illusion that Hawaii is actually a, a, a state of the United States, like the whole idea of a, of a occupied um, uh, 
island is not common knowledge and how it was taken over is also not common knowledge. And to understand that, that you, that the Hawaii islands is actually a sovereign space and had rulership, right? Um, so money is power. They come in and they, they, because they have more money, like one to every 10, right? One white per, and I'm saying this, and I say white people, I'm not talking about like the people individually. I know very, I know a lot of very beautiful, lovely white folks. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying right. the representation of white supremacist culture coming through in a colonized mindset, meaning that I have money, which means my power matters, my comfort matters, my uh, individualistic idea of who I am because I earned it matters, my defensiveness when you ask me about it matters. Like all of these things that support white supremacist culture comes with that money. And so, right. and because the government there is being, is literally taken over, you know, not that it's being ran, but is taken over by the, the Republican United States, like in that, in the Hawaii, how do you see in the, in that, cause I think the idea is beautiful, but how do you see it, it being like protective, right? Like it, it feels like a gesture in which, it, which in your culture, like in the way that you've described your culture is what's most beautiful, right? It's like a gesture for you to be right. Like, <laughs> It's like I'm I'm offering you to do the right thing here, right? <laughs> right. Well, I think education is one of the goals of this program. And the people don't tourists don't understand that our vibe, our fresh water is all comes from the mountains. We don't mm. have we don't have any other resource besides natural water. Mm -hmm. And our system is like for all of our fresh water to be filtered through all of takes honest I want to say like 30 years before it gets to how, how long does it take Kanans? yeah about 30 about years 20 to seep through the rocks but seep through the rocks goes through, through our right. pipes then right yeah, yeah it takes about 30 years for that water that's coming out of my sink right now to nourish me so that is something that i don't think a lot of people understand and they don't they take for granted right so if if and for for me personally it's like people don't have to um participate in these programs mm. but then that's and implementing if they want to do these hikes to over tread our land that actually produces our fresh water naturally right you know so so they can stay in Waikiki all they want okay. and not, you know what I mean and not and not go participate in the beauty of why they come here mm -hmm. for for you know like paradise right. but um I understand what you're saying in Aisha in that it's like how how it, where's the incentive, mm -hmm. right? Because money is power, right? right? So for us, what is power for us? What, you is, know? what is power? That, you broke up a little Water, vai-vai, yes. fresh water. Bye -bye. Mm -hmm. Our ahukua'as were based on that system. They were all based on where the fresh water came down from the mountains in abundance so we can create our communities around that and where it ran out to the Kai, the, the the salt water, mm -hmm. you know, and with with that, that whole system is what fed the ahuquas. Mm. So and, and they're building though; they're building on those mountains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of wanna. Oh, sorry. I wanna bring it back because it's super. Um, and I believe it's all in the marketing strategy. So something like I, I study a lot of Fortune 500 companies because I'm like, those who did us wrong are dead, but the ones who are doing us wrong now are the Fortune 500 companies. Those are the motherfuckers. <laughs> like up our ass. So anyways, <laughs> but no, so their, their rule of thumb is 80-20. So 80% of their time should be spent on marketing and only 20% towards executing their entire. So I believe... Um, because you're right, like, there's no incentive for tourists to be like, oh, I'm going to come to this beautiful place. Yeah, but what they don't understand is that a lot of nonprofits have resources that are 
programmable, right? So I had this conversation with one of my friends. He was like, how are you going to convince like a whole population to go to these places? Because I don't want to go. And um, I told him it's about marketing. It's not community service, their activities. And so um, I reminded him of the time that he went to Thailand. And so he refused to ride the elephants because um, of the way that they're treated and abused. Mm -hmm. So he actually went to a sanctuary and paid $300 to wash an elephant. And I told him, you see, it's all about the marketing. It's convincing them that, yeah, it's beautiful, but you got to put in the work. And Mm -hmm. we're not really going to tell them, like, working in the law is actually work it's um you know so i think it's honestly manipulation right no i and i and i i love it because i think you know when i went okay so that's one thing i i have in my in as i've gotten older like when i lived in hawaii before I was like, I'm not doing any touristy shit because I'm not a participating. Like, don't, I, you want, you're not catching me in Hanama Bay, right? Like, I'm not doing it. But then I was like, wait, if nobody's at Hanama Bay who says, like, don't stop fucking touching the Honu, like, like, that, like, if no one's there to say that, like, then what happens, right? So then people, like, work there and they don't really, they can't really say nothing. So then I thought, well, maybe I should, not that, so I was like torn, right? Because I don't want to give money to the idea that that set, like sell Hanama Bay to this. To, it's so it's so gross how many people go and just like bleh all over it, and then just and then leave, and they don't have any consequence. They don't try to clean it up. They leave the stuff all over the like they don't think about. It. They're like, oh, I got a picture with the Honu, ooh, ooh, and they're like, you know, all over the. It's like to me, it's mind. It's not even just the island. Like I lived in Central America. It's the same thing for me there. Like I, I look at it and be like, what, do you do that at home? Like, is that how you act at home, right? <laughs> and then it's not like they, they don't do that at home. They would never do that at home. So they they feel like this entitlement to something that that isn't ever and never could really be theirs. And so when I look at it, I think, okay, so I go to Honama Bay, I'm a part of the tourist crowd, now I feel guilty. And then I'm like, okay, now I need to be like make sure everyone's leaving. I'm picking up other people's bags and I'm picking up other people's junk. And then I'm like, okay, I feel better that I was here. But so to have your, to have your program be something that educates crowds of people, like before they can participate, you know, um, I think it's a beautiful idea. I think it's a beautiful idea. The, I immediately think, because I'm always like, okay, how can we, what's the barrier, right? So I, I, what I, as soon as I think about that, I'm like, how do we get the, how do we get them, <laughs> how do we get that guy or that woman who is paying, you know, the door person $500 to just kind of get around it? Or like, I'll pay this person to do it. Can I just donate, you know, to another, you know, sanction of somebody to clean it and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm trying to find like the barrier in, in, in Hawaii. It's the money. You know what I mean? It's always like the dollar, dollar bill. If you have the higher dollar bill, you get what you want. And with people, with the native folks being like, like you said, the, the highest unhoused population, how in the, how is that possible? And then you get people coming in, oh, I'm buying land so I can do it a massage retreat or a yoga retreat or this and there's no Hawaiian who has any piece of the land that I mean what are you doing and they think because girl look I'm already on a tangent y'all have to stop me y'all will get me going I'm like (laughs) because this is real this is the real world we live in right and so like obviously it's a systemic problem that we have here yeah and we're talking about huge shifts that need to be implemented and the you know this is this has been going on since we could remember the the currency the type of currency we have in place now is what will always buy you the top dollar of what you want right Mm -hmm. so and if you don't have that you will suffer it is a it's like a um survival of the fittest type of we have and for us to um, 
you know, implement something, I think that talking about this is exactly what we need to start continuing or continue to do mm-hmm. openly. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, for me personally, I don't, I don't want to, I want to implement these things, start to talk about these things because our future, our children are what are going to be putting it in place, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and they're the ones that are going to be suffering ultimately if they're not, you know, if they don't continue to hear things that changed, shifted. So I, I was just having this conversation with my dad yesterday and I was just like, you know, like him and I have very different views about our system. And at the end of the day, I don't know what system would be good for us to shift to. Mm -hmm. All I know is that we all as individuals need to be accountable and hold our higher ups accountable as well. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. and um, we all have different views, but I know that one of the common goals for everybody with their different views is for all of us to live a good life. Right. Right. You know, yes. That, um, that is something very important to talk about with different views because Mm -hmm. we can have very opposing views to one another, but we can still hear one another out in that we all want the same thing, which is living a good life for not just me, but for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know how that is going to be done. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but all I know is that we have this conversation right here and right now that can plant the seeds and others to have the same type of dialogue with other people, you know? Yeah. This is where the, 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 you know, the, the ideas, the imagination starts to come to play. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think it's like very much, um, I love the, I love very, I love very much the aloha that comes along with the Hawaii culture because it is so pure and it's so um, genuine. There really isn't anything else to it but actual love and respect, right? And um, I feel like the cynic in the group. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm like, oh. yeah, they're not that nice. But I mean, but at the same they're time, not, I they're not. A lot of people are out for them own selves, right? Yeah, it's and individualistic culture. Like it's just like absolutely, absolutely, but. You know, I'll, I am only one person living here in this earth realm right now, yes. you know, and Kanani is the only one person. You're only one person, but we're all having a conversation of what we want for everybody else. Straight up true. Honestly, like a hundred, I mean, cause this is why I educate. I do believe, and people tell me all the time, you hold white people's hands like too much. That's what they say. And I say, look, I'm, I, I'm like, look. There's not a lie there, but at the same time, and also, I feel as a black woman, I am healed from the oppression. I understand it. I overstand it. I recognize it, and I can boundary myself around it. I choose, and I understand what I'm choosing, and I understand what I'm withdrawing. And when white, when I get white culture oppressing at this point in my life, it took me 43 years to get here. It really was a, a space of true healing for me to look, it starts to become like the matrix. It's like they're over here doing this thing and I'm over here either reacting to it or thriving to my own center space. And in my center space of self, I then can, can feed others, right? And the monsters are on the outside, like looking at me, trying to feed on this aura. But that's what, that's how I see it. It's like this, the people who are unhealed, the people who are still suffering, the people who are, um, the oppression is still deep in their heart and connected to their every single day. Like they're still fighting. And the truth of it is, is that the, don't get me wrong. When people are listening to this, the fight is necessary. We need people out there with, with the fight, right? Yes. But when we, but there's also a space of, of. A, a self a conversation that comes down with a different intention. And this is with my, what, how I educate and people say, Oh, you hold these white folks hand is because I don't see them as not harmed. Right. 
even in their privilege, the living that le that level of ignorance, I don't see as bliss, right? There's a right. level of potential they are completely ignorant to. And that to me is super sad, actually. You know what I mean? Like, could you mm -hmm. imagine living life like not liking a whole race of people just because like that level of heaviness that you walk in, walk into someone else's land and see them hungry and be like, yeah, that's, that's terrible. Take a picture and go back home. Like what is happening? <laughs> you know? And for me, that's what I, I look at that as a level of mental health deprivation, a, a yeah. disconnect, cognitive, like, like dissonance that needs, doesn't need to actually be, uh, it needs to be helped. You know what I mean? And that's how I, and this is very new. Can you talk to me five years ago? I'd have been like, burn it down. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, but now, you know, I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me think about this in a more, in a, in a more evolved way where I'm not actually still triggered. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, I, I say all that to appreciate the aloha you are displaying in the idea of this nonprofit, because that's where you're coming from. You're trying to speak. What I hear is that you're trying to speak to the higher self in people, like do better than where you're at right now. And maybe while your hand is in the land, you might find that better. You know what I mean? You might see it. So I hear you. That's how I hear the aloha in your idea is like, you're trying to connect these folks to something that's bigger than them. Mm -hmm. I think it starts with um, a positive mind and really moving towards creating the world that you want to live in. Because mm, yes. you're, uh, I'm a big fan of Dolores Cannon. I'm going to drop her name. <laughs> but if you're like ever lost, go check out her stuff on YouTube. But um, she writes, like you are the director the writer the creator of your story you mm -hmm. write your narrative and um you can let others you pick the leading roles in your life right because we're all in this meat suit right now um and our souls are eternal souls we're just living the temporary human um life right and um i think it's all just a test of your um I would, I want to say contract, like, and when, cause you're talking about like those who live in bliss, um, I learned not to be offended by their reaction, but to more understand their journey to healing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I take a look back and I started to look at everyone as like their children, right? Cause you said they're unhealed. Yeah. And when I put on those pair of glasses, I'm able to see more and to shed the, um, the meat suit that we're wearing really into what has this child not healed. Um, and it really helps me to create the world that I want to live in. And I wholeheartedly believe that you are a product of your environment. Mm -hmm. So if we can create the, livable and loving environment it'll happen it'll take time and i think that if we weren't born with these struggles knock on wood life would be so boring it would be too perfect you know yeah like, definitely <laughs> and and i also like i think that the ego has a lot to do with this type of mental health crisis i'm talking about it's like the mm, the our ego is so encompassed in who I am, which I don't even know who I am. Mm -hmm. I do know who I am, but I I know what my higher conscious is, mm -hmm. which is everything I would not say who I am when in an argument, when I get heated, when my ego overtakes me mm -hmm. and, and has only you know one view, one one blind side so um i think that it's very important for us to also talk the swallowing the ego having compassion having empathy mm -hmm. because 
that goes a long, long way. What you're saying, oh, I just love this conversation so much. And you know what? <laughs> All three of us are women. Mm -hmm. And that is the type of energy we're moving into in this world. I don't know how quickly we are going to, but we're shifting. And I know that that's creating a lot of friction as well in this type of society mm -hmm. right now. And that's why there's so, the dark and light are at a lot of different energy pools right and so there's a lot of things that are going to be happening up in time and we all for me I believe we all chose to come back here right here right now to be a part of it to shift it to be one individual person but yet all because yes. we all oh. are the same oh and my we're god not, we are yeah no oh my god it's like same same but different right that's exactly what people yes. say we say you know, I, I'm loving I'm loving this conversation too. I hate that we like I'm like we should have done a longer time frame. But um I'm wondering I wonder how many people who are listening, like don't no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter what your cultural cultural background is or or uh, indigenous uh, background is, I wonder if people are surprised about the level of understanding the Hawaii way is actually spiritual. Um, when people come in and out of Hawaii and not think of this at all, right? They just want, they have this, oh, there's something about Hawaii. Oh, I just love, there's something about the water. There's something about the, you know, the people. And this is what it's about, right? And so you cannot buy this. Like this mm -hmm. requires a, a, a moment of grounding. It requires more than a moment of being present. It requires understanding your privilege and, and checking out and your ego, privilege, all of those things, and being present in what Hawaii is actually offering you. And what Hawaii is actually offering you is a spiritual, uh, a spiritual experience, to, I mean, honestly, with yourself. And so I wonder, because people are so, um, like, you know, the, the surf culture, um, and I, and I want to say, I'm want to air quote that shit because that that is different for other people, right? And so I know in the Hawaii culture, surfing is one thing, and then there's this thing that happens now, right? <laughs> Which is not the same, um, but one of course is the bigger one is the poster boy, and then one is like what actually it is. So I know Kanani, and, and of course Shanae, if you can too. I'd love to, to talk to people because, you know, when people go to Hawaii, they go for one or two things. They go for surfing or for romance. Like, this is what it is, right? Or, you know, to buy and to buy a piece of land and make it into like a, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I won't get started. I'm so pissed about all of that. So <laughs> I swear to God, I, I'm like, it's a tangent for me. I can't, oh, I'm starting a yoga retreat. Oh, I just want to smack you. So, okay, so. <laughs> This is the thing, right? So I would love for you to speak on. <laughs> I would love for you to speak on speak on um, on the surf culture, like what it really means, because I know that's a popular attraction for people who are coming to Hawaii. Like I said, the romance and the whole ah, oh, you know, and then there's the 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 people who are like hiking and taking plants and doing all kinds of stuff, and then there's the people who really the the popular view, the tourist view, is the water, the turtles, the surfing. So when it comes to being appropriate. When it comes to being like culturally responsible or culturally responsive, or even like let's not even go that far, like just aware <laughs> that there's other things going on beside you there. What would what is are you guys familiar? I mean, are you familiar with the with the first and how surfing is tied to the island? Okay, so I knew um, it was Kanani. Like, let's go, historian. <laughs> okay, let's go, Shana. Let's go. Shana and I are like. So, <laughs> uh, so um, Hawaii. Okay, so there's actually two types of surfing now. So the popular one is in the ocean, and then the one that's not so well known is holua sledding. So holua sledding is exactly surfing, but on land. It's kind of like bobsledding. Um, but those are cultural practices, and it's so disheartening, right? So, Duke Kanamoku is always, like, front, because he did, he put Hawaii on the map um, for surfing. And a lot of surfing 
was incorporated into movies prior to like I'd say the 1920s to 1970s so that's what really popped off right the um whole romanticizing Hawaii um but it's super disheartening to open up a magazine and you see a white girl or a white boy and that's all you see in surfing magazines because local I wouldn't even say Native Hawaiian kids are not promoted like you have maybe I've it's out of respect five that are but they're not necessarily there's so many great surfers out there but they're not sponsored Mm -hmm. by quicksilver or these major companies they're often just looked past and you look at the culture i'd say of north shore right north shore who can actually afford to live there and use that as their backyard it ain't hawaiians Mm -hmm. so who's getting those Instagram photos, the residents who live there, who can play in that ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not, um, that's there in the worldwide scheme of surfing. And it's, they don't understand that it was um, a form of worship. Yeah, it was a way that we connected with the God Kanaloa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is Holua sledding. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of, underground knowledge that gets displaced by Hollywood because Hollywood is writing the the frame of what Hawaii is Mm. and it's completely different from what surfing right now is a privilege Mm -hmm. it's a fucking privilege Mm -hmm. and the community um you're not welcome there you know, yeah. and it's, um, yeah, it's disheartening. I hate surfing. <laughs> I hate, yeah. yeah. I love surfing itself, but not the culture. I hate the surfing culture. I know. That's why I wanted to speak on it. I wanted you to speak on it particularly because I know it's crap. Like when I see it, I'm like, y'all are like just ridiculous in your privilege. Like, right? Like I just, I'm just like, because I know, I mean, like, I don't know, no, because I'm not like, you know, I'm not Hawaiian, yeah. but I know, you know what I mean? And I knew that the that connect the surfing was a spiritual connection. Like I knew it was. It's a, not competition. It's not yes. a competition, and now it is a competition, and that's what takes everything away from the intent and the root of what it all started on. Mm, you know, right? And when you like many things, when you start to compete, it completely changes the definition of that action. Mm-hmm. Oh, it becomes individualistic, and, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Kanans does not like it, because it takes away the complete definition of what it was based on before. It's appropriation. Now, it's yes. it's absolutely appropriation. And then when you see a, a uh, then when you talk about, like, when you, oh, God, when you start to hear the surfers talk about, like, the wave talking to him and blah, 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 blah and all this stuff, it's just like, oh, my, that, like, the cultural gaslighting that's involved in that. Like, I'm over here with my face, like, super red. Like, somebody please tell this dude or this woman, like, this person to stop it. Like, stop it. And whenever, you know, you see these posters, like you said, it's like this, these, these are not Hawaiian people. And it's, there's, there's no Hawaiian anywhere. And even in those posters, they're not, they're, there's not Native Hawaiians anywhere. Mm-mm. I'm trying to think of a place where I've even seen a picture of an actual native Hawaiian like Kanani, like actually, no, they're, they're Filipino, they're Japanese. They, they have the long silky black hair with the flat. That's not, those are not everyone. Those are not Hawaiians. I'm there. That's not what they, that's not how they look like. I'm sorry. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm like, okay, so this is, they just, nobody, there's no one's there. No Brown, no, no nose, no lips, nothing, you know, and people need to critically think, critically think about why I say this. I say this all the time. Why don't you see the people who are indigenous to this land anywhere? Ask yourself, why are they gone? And try to not participate in that. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's very simple. Look around. One to ten, one native Hawaiian to ten tourists. That is one local. One local. One not local. even Hawaiian. Okay. One okay. local. That's even scarier. That's even, sc- that's what I'm saying. So, 
look, I don't know why I, I give myself like an hour or 45 minutes because when it comes to cultural appropriation, when it comes to colonization, when it comes to uh, land being stolen and uh, and uh, then re-gifted back, <laughs> would they make you pay for it? Like that kind of stuff gets me like on tangents where I just sound like a crazy person because I'm just like, oh, and then like, you know, <laughs> I just keep going. So you have to excuse me because I get like, I get worked up. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad because I, I see, like I said, in my multicultural lens, whether it may be appropriate or not, I find, I look for other brown and black people and I, that's where my, that's where I feel my, co- my core is. Right. Um, and that's how I move about the world. I'm, I'm, I'm black and brown everywhere. You know what I mean? And that's who my people are, no matter where we are. Like, that's who my people are. So I'm trying to figure out how we can all live better, right? Like, I don't want to go to Hawaii and, and, and the, the highest unhoused population is the local. Like, are you kidding? I'm not buying a house there. Like, why would I do that? Unless I'm passing it over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless I'm going to purchase some land to make sure a damn yoga retreat doesn't get it and then just pass it over or something. I swear to God, it's a hot spot for me, y'all. I'm not, <laughs> not kidding. So, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I just wish that people would think with more aloha. That's, I always wish they Absolutely. would operate. Yeah. Uh, I think that you hit it on the nail and that it is a way of life. And a lot of people are not, privilege to be raised in a type of culture like this mm-hmm. I am so blessed to have friends like Kanani to be able to share our values together yes. and, to, and to encourage one another to continue on that path because it's so easy to get derailed with all of the negative shit that goes on you know and um and like so I guess for my question is what can we continue to do us three women who are progressing towards something that we want to all see people practicing, living. Look, I, (laughs) for me, this is a a great way to to wrap the show. For me, I, I, the the process of healing is long and ugly. And I, want to empower and give as much courage as I can for everybody to face it, right? And as everyone's facing that empowerment, because empowerment is not free, right? It doesn't, it comes with the pain and the the struggle. But if you face it, the the next step for that is that all of us understand kindness and empathy to the people who are actually working, right? That is what I wish. I wish we could get there. That's what I'm trying to teach. That's what I'm teaching is the courage to stand up and face what's uncomfortable. And that's for everybody so that we can grow. I love that. Yes. Thank you both for your time and your um, your thoughts and sharing this space for me to express my as well and a lot. And I love this reciprocal um, relationship because it definitely feeds my soul and it helps me to like push it on. So mahalo. Oh, mahalo. You you guys, uh, I'm just so happy that we did this and I'm happy that we know each other because seriously, if you guys come mainland anytime this way, let me know. And I'll be like, let's, I got, I just want to like hug. I've already hugged Trine, but Kanani, I like want to, you know, do that. And I just, yes, there we go. <laughs> um, I hope you all very well. I hope wellness to both of you and just solidarity. I want you to feel it because I'm here. Um, I know you guys are doing the good work in Hawaii. I'm doing the good work here in Oregon. And so let's just know that that, there's synergy in all of that. And so, yeah. yeah. So more power to you all. Thank you so much for being on my show. And mahalo for having us. Yes. Mahalo for being here. Okay. And I, and we were going to wrap it unless you have guys have any other thing you want to say before we go. I just think that it all begins with our self healing. Like you said, Aisha. And when we do get to that point, 
compassion, empathy, and sympathy are what will lead us to our higher consciousness of being one together. So, amen. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Shane and Kanani, I'm going to stop the recording and then we'll say bye to everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. Come again Hi, next Aloha. Aloha. Come again next week where I'm going to have a guest who is um, LGBTQ and we are going to talk about the commercialization of Pride Month and how they feel about that. All right. Talk to y'all next week. Bye. Now, if I could just learn how to stop this on time. <laughs> Recording stopped. There it is. Thank you guys. That was it. That wasn't so bad. That was awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. I hope that that's what you were like kind of looking for. You you guys, I, I had no doubt. Like this is like a free flowing conversation that's real and beautiful. And I had no doubt that we were going to be authentic. And that's all I'm looking for. So I appreciate both of you showing up in your most authentic form. And I just, I'm like so happy. Yes, thank you. Keep doing your podcast. I look forward to watching it. Yes. Not just this one, but like your other ones too. Yes, follow me on uh, follow me on Instagram. Like <laughs> Black Girl from Eugene. <laughs> Okay, okay, I was gonna ask because I was like, I didn't even know what your handle was on social media and stuff. So oh yes, I know. And if you guys have, if you all have um a social if you guys are on Instagram, like Follow me and I can tag you on it like, hey, we did a podcast about colonization in Hawaii and I can put your names out there if you want. Or we literally just like um, just follow me and you'll see what I'm doing and I can catch up with you guys and that kind of thing. So it's black. It's okay. black girl from Eugene. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you. So much. Thank Thank you. you. you guys enjoy the rest of your day and the weekend. Take all the good healing vibes to your sister as well. Oh, I will. Thank you so much. Bye, bye friends. Friends. Okay, bye.